Welcome to the Weave Podcast. My name is Sarah Resnick, and I'm the host of this podcast and the owner of the online weaving yarn shop, Gist Yarn and Fiber. Hi, everyone. Before the episode starts, I just wanted to pop in and say hello. I'm really appreciating all the emails, comments, and messages with encouragement about the podcast, ideas for future guests, suggestions for improvements, and everything else you guys are sending me. I really listen to them, and they're helping me make this podcast better, so please keep them coming. This week on the podcast, I'm talking to Jessica Wilson about finding friendship in weaving communities. Some of you might be wondering as you listen to this, what about weaving guilds? So I just wanted to let you know in advance that I have another fabulous interview coming up soon with a longtime guild member and weaver from Maine, so I'm excited to be sharing that perspective soon. And now let's get on with the conversation. Jessica Wilson is a weaver in Houston, Texas, and she's also the founder of the Houston Fiber Folk Meetup, which is a monthly group of textile artists who are building friendship and community together. Jessica, I'm excited to have you on the podcast today. Welcome. Yay, thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I'd love if you could start out by sharing a little bit about your journey to becoming an artist and a weaver. Ooh, okay. So I started weaving, I think in like, 2014 maybe and um it started off I was looking for like a creative outlet I had just finished planning my wedding which for me was really fun I know like most people don't have that experience but it was really enjoyable and like I felt like it was a really fun creative outlet to be able to sort of like plan and things like that and so I was done and I realized how much I enjoyed having you know, creative things to do. And I was looking for something else to do. And I had done a weaving project many, many, many years ago in an art class. So I remembered the basic concept. We'd done like a, like we'd made a cardboard loom and made like really wonky, hideously colored little like weaving, placemat weavings. And um, so I was familiar with the idea of like warping a loom kind of, like a very simple cardboard loom. And I was on Pinterest at like a lot of us were in 2014 and starting to see these like really incredible, beautiful, you know, creations come up. And I saw them and I was like, hey, like that, that looks kind of like that weird little project I did back in that art class. And um, I was a little intimidated at first. I've always been the kind of person who, it sounds terrible, but I've always kind of preferred to do things that I'm instantly good at versus something that I uh, requires a little more discipline. So I was a little intimidated because I knew it was going to be something I'd have to work at. And I talked myself out of trying for a long time. And I finally was driving home one night. And so Houston's a really big city, so we have really long commute times. So my commute's about an hour. And I was driving on this freeway every day. I was headed straight west, and I was seeing the most beautiful sunsets like they were incredible and it was just so inspiring and so moving that there was one night I was finally just like well that's it like I I have to weave this I have to you know I have to create something because this is just so beautiful that I you know the, the like crazy feeling you get when you're like I just I just have to make something right now uh, so we went to the nearest Joann's and I bought a bunch of yarn and I went home and I had this cardboard LaCroix box that from Costco 
and I turned it into a loom and I wove my first weaving and I haven't really looked back since. I mean, now I have a, a real loom, but um, yeah, I haven't really looked back since. That's something I've, I've really enjoyed and I found very, like very good for me in a way. Like it's, it is like a very sort of incredible time of like self-care for yourself because you're making something beautiful and creating and it's just, I don't know, I, I really like it. I really love it. What is it about that sunset and about you that made you want to weave it as opposed to paint it or photograph it or draw it or something else? That is an amazing question. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know what it, I don't know how to describe the like, oh, it sounds so silly, like the call of the loom, hmm. if that makes sense. Like, um, so my degrees in anthropology which I don't do anything with it. That's just what my degree's in, but it sort of shaped the way that I, I see the world. And um, so I was exposed through that to a lot of different like, like traditional, I guess like art and like traditional like woven art in woven structures are very like common in a lot of societies. And so I guess I just really identified with that sort of, art form if that makes sense I don't I don't really know how to describe it it was just something that I've I've seen a lot of and really always been very drawn to and I just love the way it feels that like over under of the loom again this sounds so weird but it almost feels like very like elemental like it's something that humans have been doing for like you know thousands of years yeah Is that I, crazy no it really doesn't I can identify that okay, a lot good. and those those threads come up in a lot of the conversations that I have with different kinds of weavers who come to weaving maybe for different reasons but often have those similar roots in in connection so what kind of what kind of fibers do you like to weave with and, and what have you been weaving recently um so one of my friends and I joke about the fact that if something's made out of alpaca we're gonna find it like if we're in a yarn store it's just so soft. I love it. I love using it. I, I, I guess I'm very like, um, I really like things that are soft and squishy. Um, I've been using, well, I have some mohair locks that I got from a uh, fiber mill here in Texas. It's called nice. Independence Farmstead Fiber. And they raise like the Angora and the Pygora goats, which I had been calling mohair goats forever because I didn't realize that was not the term for them like mohair is the fiber and the goat is called an angora goat and I really hope that's accurate because that's what I've been telling myself um but I, I got these really like incredible mohair locks and it's just like such a cool texture that I'm really excited to use it um pretty much if something has like a really unique texture I'm interested I'm always looking for like new types of fiber I have some mugga silk I've never used I think that's how you pronounce it but I, I bought a bunch of it because it was like silky and beautiful and I've just sort of been holding on to it and trying to figure out what to do with it um yeah oh what have I been weaving lately um I have two looms that are full right now uh one of them is a project that I'm I was really excited about but it's not turning out the way I thought it would and I had a moment where I almost scrapped it then I was like no don't be ridiculous like I'm I'm learning a lot from it um, so that one will hopefully be done soon. And then I have another project that I actually started in September when I went and visited my sister. She lives in Anchorage. And I went and visited her. And oh my gosh, Anchorage is a great place for yarn. 
so good. I've heard. There's, That's oh, what I've so heard. Yes. <laughs> there are so many amazing yarn stores there. Um, I just kind of went on my own little like um, yarn store crawl. It was great. Uh, so I started a project and it's, um, I was talking about Instagram recently and it's kind of one of those projects that's like, like paint the spare bedroom level of importance where you're like, yeah, I'll get to it when I get to it. Like, it's fine. So I'll finish it one of these days. I still love it. It's still like great. I'm just, you know, I'm not in a rush. It'll happen. What are you learning from that piece that you almost wanted to scrap? Oh, patience. Mm. And um, so uh, sometimes I, I consider myself to be a little bit of an enthusiastic weaver, which has been hard for me to uh, to slow down and keep my edges straight. And so I was really proud of myself because there were a lot of edges where I didn't um, I didn't weave together two different colors. I just left like a slit in between them. And when I've done that in the past, it's pulled and left a hole, but it didn't leave a hole this time. So I'm really proud of myself. That's silly. But That's um, yeah, I was just like, hey, look, you know, you're getting better at this. Like you're learning things. That's yeah. one of the things I've done in like in my weaving practice is as I, you know, as I learn, I try and focus on each piece. You know, it's not going to turn out the idealized version in my head, but it is going to turn out. And I try to focus on something I learned with each weaving. So when I look at each weaving, I can think in my mind, this is the weaving I learned how to do a circle. This is the weaving I figured out how to do this pattern. This is the weaving, you know, I figured out in this one how to do the slits. Like, does that make sense? And, and that way it's, I'm not focused on failure. I'm not focused on it didn't turn out perfectly. I'm focused on what did I learn from this experience? And that's really it's really helped me personally. I don't know. I recommend that to other people too when they're learning. I'm just like, just focus on what you're learning and not necessarily on like, did it come out perfectly? I'm I'm kind of a recovering perfectionist. So this was like, this has been a, a learning experience for me. That's great. Well, it's a good thing yeah. for the, a recovering perfectionist to work on because that's a really hard thing to learn, I think, for all of us. So it it's is. neat that you're on the other side of that. Uh, ish. I'm on the other side-ish of the process. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so you mentioned that you were admiring weaving on the internet and then mm -hmm. you, you saw the sunset, you rushed to join fabrics and you made yourself a loom and you started weaving. When was the first time that you met another weaver in person? Oh, this is a great question. Um, I went to a workshop in Austin. I had been weaving consistently for a few months. Like I'd kind of dabbled in it for like a year-ish, but I really like, especially like after I got married, I was like, well, I need a hobby. So I'd been doing it consistently for maybe, I don't know how many months that was, but for a little bit. And then um, one of my coworkers actually, told me that Marianne Moody was having a workshop in Austin. So Austin's only like three hours-ish away from Houston. So I was like, well, I guess I'm driving to Austin. And I took her class, her intermediate class. And it was so cool the moment I like sat down with my like my loom and like my supplies and I looked around and I realized it was the first time I'd ever knowingly met another weaver or like been in the presence of other weavers. And it was so cool to like be able to talk to someone who got it because like you know we we talk to like our partners or our friends or you know whoever about stuff but they don't nobody really gets it like another fiber person which is part of the reason i started doing the fiber meetups is because 
nobody really gets your obsession like somebody else who's like in it so being able to talk to other women about this it was just it was really cool it was really incredible so you mentioned the fiber the houston fiber folk meetup tell me more about that and the impetus behind creating it yeah so i didn't really know any other weavers in houston um i was on instagram and i was meeting some really cool people i found a lot of weavers who were in austin or in dallas but i wasn't finding anybody who was here and i missed that feeling from the workshop I, I miss that feeling of being around people who understood and who got it and who could sit there and talk to you about, you know, Ryan knots and weaving and ends and who like understood it. And I was listening to another podcast. It's called um, Shaley and Katie, the podcast. They're like a pair of like creative entrepreneurs and moms. And they talk a lot about all sorts of really funny stuff. They're hilarious. And they had I guessed on one day and she was talking about, you know, being intentional with your friendships and with your relationships. And they were talking about how, well, they told a story about, you know, this mom who really wanted someone to bring her a cup of coffee. And she got home with her kids and she's like, I really wish someone would just come bring me a cup of coffee and hang out. And then she realized, you know what? Why don't I just go bring my friend a cup of coffee? And they're talking about the fact that there's so many of us out there who want to form friendships, but, we're kind of like waiting for it to happen to us versus like, you know, like, like we're all waiting. We all want to be friends with someone, but we're also isolated. And if you just take the like initiative, like, does that make sense? You just take the initiative and you go out there and like the other people want that too. So you were talking about, you know, deciding to take a cup of the idea that we should take mm -hmm. a cup of coffee to our friends instead of instead of waiting for them to come to us. So yeah. what what was it like to take that leap and and um, find other fiber people and how did you start finding them? Uh, it was pretty scary to be honest. Um, so I knew one other person in Houston who was a fiber person, and I didn't really know any other weavers. So I decided that I would open it up to everyone who was interested in fiber, which has been really awesome. And I knew one other person on Instagram. Uh, her name is Sarah Belcher. She has beautiful, beautiful, like hand dyed yarn. It's wonderful. And I messaged her because we had been talking on Instagram and like we'd formed like a great rapport. And I was like, hey, if I do like a meetup, would you want to come? And I didn't really know what to expect, but I was like, you know, the worst that happens is that she says, no, she can't make it. And she wanted to come and she's like, oh, can I bring friends? And I was like, oh, please, please bring friends. That would be amazing. Um, so it ended up, I brought a friend with me. I made her come because I was like, well, if nobody else shows up, I'll just hang out with you, <laughs> <laughs> which is always a good backup plan. But, uh, people came and then there was another weaver who was from Austin, who was in town. Uh, her name is Amber Carnes. She actually just started the Fiberfolk uh, Instagram account. She's doing like monthly weave alongs, which are really awesome and a lot of fun. And we all just met up at this coffee shop and hung out and had an amazing time. And originally it was just, you know, I thought we would just try it once and see what happened. And if people liked it, maybe we'd do more. But we all hit it off so well and it was so wonderful and so much fun that um, we've been doing them monthly. Or sometimes it ends up being like every six weeks-ish. Um, but we'll meet up. We went to the Houston Fiber Festival together last year. We're going to go again this year. This year we did a mill tour. We went out to Independence Farmstead Fiber, that um, local fiber mill, and like did the tour and learned all about, you know, wool in Texas. We meet up. 
we get coffee or drinks and it's just really incredible to talk to other people who who get it and part of the reason I want to talk to you is because I just really want to encourage other people in the fiber arts community to reach out to each other because I feel like so many of us you know we're looking for those relationships and we're looking for in-person connections. Like I love Instagram. I have met so many amazing people through Instagram and I think online friendships are great and wonderful and real. But I also think nothing really compares to sitting at a table together and, you know, hanging out and having a drink together and chatting and talking. And I just think those in-person relationships are really awesome and really like life-giving and really wonderful. Um, so I just, I think it's, I think it's something that people can access. They just maybe don't know how. Um, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Is there a Weavers Guild in Boston or does your does your meetup interact or share space with other forms of communities of weavers and textile artists? There are other weavers here. Um, they are more traditional like floor loom weavers. And so we haven't really done anything with them. They do have some classes that some of like our members have taken before, like they took some of their spinning classes. Um, but I haven't, we haven't really done very much with them. Yeah. And what are your meetings like? Are people bringing looms with them and weaving? Or are you sharing finished work? Or is it is it just the camaraderie of being together with other weavers? What are, what are those structures? Kind of both. Hmm. Um, right now, we, I think myself and one or two other people are the only weavers. We have like knitters, crocheters, spinners and dyers. So, um you know, people bring projects if they want to bring projects and we'll sit around the table together and work on them. Um, we have a lot of conversations, so we're not always working on stuff. Sometimes we're just hanging out and talking about stuff, which is really cool. Um, I really like the fact that, you know, it is open to so many different, like, I guess like fiber, fiber interests. Um, I've learned a lot. They are uh, what inspired me to start learning how to spin, which I am terrible at, but I bought a drop spindle to give it a shot um, just because I was seeing all the like really incredible things that were being made and have sort of like ignited my interest in like learning how to dye yarn and how to spin yarn and how to, you know, create fiber in other ways, if that makes sense. Yeah. How has this new community and camaraderie affected your work in your weaving that's a good question um I don't know if it's affected my weaving specifically but it has definitely affected me as a person hmm. in that um you know, I grew up in a very tight-knit community I grew up uh like going to church and like I don't know how it is everywhere but in the south going to church is like a thing it's like a it's a community and you grow up I had a very positive experience I know not everyone does but you know you grow up with these people that you see every week and they become part of your life and your closest friends and I miss that feeling of community and having those close relationships and I think a lot of times especially sort of like in this day and age you know people are very distant. We're not as close to our neighbors as like maybe our parents or our grandparents' generation was. I know for a lot of us, it becomes really difficult to make friends after college. It was for me. Um, and so it's really sort of like enriched my life because I've, you know, had the opportunity to, to make those connections again and to 
we like build onto the community, if you will, like because the fiber arts community is you know very much there, but to I guess build a part of it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it really does. I'm. I think that's a feeling that probably a lot of people can relate to in, in different parts of the country is feelings of isolation and, and wanting more community and yeah. Um, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. So if, if there's weavers out there who are listening to this and wishing that they lived near you so they could come to your group, <laughs> what suggestion <laughs> do you have for people to find fiber communities in their area or to create one if there aren't what they're looking for? Yeah, definitely. I was really hoping we'd talk about this. (laughs) Um, So one of the places that I started was, again, Instagram, which I think is great. Um, There are a lot of uh, hashtags out there that you can search that are, like, location-based. Like, there's a Weaving Texas hashtag or, like, maybe different, you know, like a Weaving Austin. um, And you just sort of, like, search around and try and find them and I I would encourage people to tag their work with those hashtags so other weavers can find them um I you know just I started googling like weaving in Houston I found the Houston Fiber Festival that way which is a really cool way to meet fiber festivals I love first of all they're amazing it's like a giant magical yarn store um and it's just a really cool way to meet you know other like fiber artists in your area Um, So I'd encourage that. I'd also encourage people to go look at local yarn stores because a lot of times local yarn shops have like tables and chairs, you know, where you can like go and like visit and like hang out and bring a project and like talk to people. So I'd encourage people to do that, to look online. There's a lot of great, um, you know, Instagram groups. There is like I was, I mentioned Amber's um, Fiber Folk Instagram earlier. And that's something amazing. She's doing these like monthly weave along. So people are, you know, meeting through that because they're all doing the same weave along and it's she has these really great prompts because they're so it's like she has a beautiful idea and then there's so much you can do with that which is great um and such a great way to connect with other people there's you know fiber share I think is a great way to meet other people to do like sign up for that um I think there's a lot of different like Facebook groups that people have like um Hello Hydrangeas Lindsay's group her Facebook group, I think, is a really awesome way to meet other weavers. So I think it's a great way, place to start is to start online because you can reach so many people there. And then really from there, try and find people who are in your area. Um, as far as doing like a meetup itself, there, are, I think they're a lot of fun. I think they're great. It can be a little intimidating. Every time I worry that no one will show up every single time. And they will stop. They always come. People always come. But, um, you know, it's not about numbers. It's not about, like, the number of people that you have come. It's about the relationships that you form. So if one person comes, if two people come, that's amazing. That's great. That's two people you get to hang out with for, you know, however long you want to hang out and really get to know and form friendships. I advertise mine on, um, when we do our meetups, I always put it on my Instagram. I will message people that I found who are in the Houston area and just be like, hey, uh, if you're interested, we're doing a meetup. We hang out, we chat, we talk. Here's the link. So, you know, I'm not a crazy person. Um, and just reach out to people that way. And I've had people show up that way before because, you know, they really appreciate someone reaching out to them. And the worst that's going to happen is someone's going to say no. And they're not necessarily saying no because they don't like you. Maybe they're just busy. And I think that 
you know, just sort of like putting yourself out there and making the effort, people really appreciate that because, you know, like we talked about, a lot of us are looking for connections and we're looking for those friendships. And that's why I think it's worth it to put yourself out there and to, you know, introduce yourself to people, follow other people in your area and like get to know them. And if you're not finding a lot of weavers in your area, you know, open it up to other fiber artists because like, no, maybe someone who crochets isn't going to understand. Like if you have questions about, do you know, do you know how to make a rye knot or can you help me figure out how to warp my loom? But they're going to understand your obsession with this like amazing, like, I don't know, wool, alpaca, silk blend yarn that you found on this like super great deal. And they're going to understand the frustration of like your project didn't turn out the way you thought it would. And they're going to understand, you know, the sense of triumph that comes when you've been working so hard at a skill and you finally master it. Like they're going to get those things and they're going to be the people that you can like bring some yarn to them and go, oh my God, can you squish this? Like, can you feel how cool this is? One of my best friends crochets and we love going to yarn stores together because even though we use yarn in two different ways we can both stand there and go oh my gosh feel this one did you see this color this is so cool because there's still those that like connection there so i don't know i think that's all i got yeah (laughs) that's a lot that's a lot (laughs) if people want some more advice from you if they're Mm -hmm. wanting to strike out and create something like this on their own can they reach out to you and talk to you about that? Yes, I would actually, I would love that. I would love to like, yeah, if someone has questions, please reach out to me, um, message me on Instagram and I'll respond. Like, I would love to talk about this and like encourage people just because I I really love the weaving community. I love the fiber arts community. I love seeing how supportive it is and how awesome it is. And I just want to help people make these connections because Building community is so important to me and so, you know, something I really discovered this year, how passionate I am about it. And I would just love to help people. I mean, I can't come to your meetups probably unless you're in Houston, Um, but I would love to encourage and I would love to help and like offer advice if I can or, you know, just encouragement if nothing else. Like, you guys, you can do it. It's going to be awesome. Well, Jessica, I really appreciate you taking the time to talk with me and share your story. And before we wrap up, I'm wondering if you could do two things. First Mm -hmm. is if you could share how people can find and follow you on social media. And also if you have any closing advice or words of wisdom that you'd want to share with other weavers. Yeah. So I am on Instagram at Jessica underscore, like the little dash weaves. Um, So you can find me there. And I... I'm usually pretty good about responding to my <laughs> DMs or like tagging or anything like that. Um, so yeah, you can reach me there. And then I guess my, um, I guess my closing advice would just be to, you know, hmm, just keep trying and keep looking for those connections because I really think, you know, I've met some really incredible people. You know, it's not my fiber group. It's like our fiber group. Um, in a way, because yeah, it's, it's not about me. It's about all of us. And we've formed these friendships that are really valuable and really important to me. And I just want to encourage people that you can make relationships like this. And I know it can feel very isolating sometimes. Um, but there are other people out there who get you and who understand you and want to connect over weaving and over fiber and, yeah, I just, I just want to encourage people, like, it can feel very lonely, but you're not alone. The right people are out there. You just gotta, you just gotta find them. 
That's great. Thank you so much, Jessica. It's been great Yay, talking to you. Thank you. That's a wrap. You can find photos of Jessica's work, as well as links to everything she mentioned in our conversation, in the show notes at www.gistyarn.com slash episode hyphen 16. Next week on the podcast, I'm talking to Cynthia Alberto. Cynthia is Filipina, an artist, weaver, weaving activist, teacher, and founder-director of the Brooklyn-based weaving studio, Weaving Hand. We had a wide-ranging discussion about how she creates interactive art pieces by weaving with communities, and you definitely want to tune in to hear it next Monday. And until next time, happy